Hey everybody, Ellie Noss here. Atomic Moms Podcast is an ongoing conversation with parenting experts, celebrities, and listeners all over the world about the joys, challenges, funny bits, and complexities of caring for our little ones and ourselves. You can find us on social media at Atomic Moms, on Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest, and on our Facebook page. We love hearing from you guys. I'm recording in my kitchen right now, and I have the most pathetic headset. Uh, I sound a little bit like I'm a pilot on a plane, uh, which is fitting for the theme of this holiday survival guide episode. Santa is going to be bringing me a very fancy microphone, I hope, uh, in the next couple weeks. But in the meantime, we can stick with this. And it kind of goes into my New Year's resolution, which is to have a B-plus year. (laughs) So many times I let my perfectionism get in the way and I let it paralyze me or keep me from putting things out there, doing things I want because I'm afraid it's not perfect or it doesn't sound just right or it doesn't sound professional enough. And if I let that stop me, then we won't have an episode today. And I have such awesome guests. Uh, Our French correspondent, Jenny, who you guys know from the expatriate moms episode, I'm calling her at her office in Paris and she's going to talk to us about what she's learned on all of her international flights. Then we will be touching base with Claire Coffey along with Bridget Maloney Sinclair and uh, they give you all their own awesome tips. And then we get to talk to my Bianca, uh, uh, Bianca Kylik, who has been with this podcast from the beginning. I mean, we co-founded it together and the past few months, she has been so busy at work on Undateable and raising her little one. She's going to sort of, you know, give us a farewell, um, on the podcast. She's going to come back whenever she can, but She has a really, really beautiful thing to say about where her priorities are. And um, I'm I'm not going to spoil what she says, but I'm definitely going to take that analogy with me into the new year. And last but not least, I have asked Susan Stiffelman. She is the author of Parenting with Presence and Parenting Without Parent, uh, <laughs> parenting with presence and parenting without power struggles. I've asked her to please help us with how we can keep things, you know, sane and upbeat when we're around our relatives. Because I don't know about you guys, but I have a really bad habit of turning into my teenage self whenever I'm around my parents for more than a day. Uh, So I definitely cannot wait to get her professional advice on uh, how we can sort of navigate uh, the drama that comes up with the holidays. And you know, it's the end of the year. It means it's a time of reflection and we figure out what worked last year and what didn't and what we accomplished and what we let go of and we look forward to the bright shiny new year ahead of us. You know one of the greatest joys of this year has been being able to personally reach out to Dr. Shafali and Janet Lansbury and Dr. Robin Berman and Jennifer Waldberger and Susan Stiffelman who you will hear from today and develop relationships with them. And I've been so excited to create and continue to produce a platform from which they can share their work. And I think one of the greatest victories for me in 2015 was having a four-mom, hour-long discussion on postpartum depression and anxiety on this podcast. Because who else gets to do that? It was amazing. This show is so important to me and already lined up for the new year. I have a CNN news correspondent who's going to share her working mom guilt. I've got a Caucasian mom who shares her experience in adopting two black sons. I've got a mom who is ex- who is able to explain to us attachment parenting and give the reasons why she chooses to homeschool. Uh, I really want to tackle ADHD. We've got a full episode with Susan Stiffelman, who's on the forefront of Parenting with Presence. 
the people that I speak to on this podcast become my family and you all are my family and some of you new listeners might be like I don't even know you and you need to get a better microphone I'm not your family yet okay fine you're not my family yet but I'm going to keep bugging you until you're my family because we're going to go to some incredible places together you know this show isn't just about life hacks uh, for throwing the best kids birthday parties or what to pack for lunch or even how to survive a plane trip which is sort of like what we're doing today although survive a plane trip sounds really dark what I mean is like you know get through it uh, without losing our minds you know it's more than that it's about sharing our experiences feeling like we're in a collective that we're an ensemble there's my theater roots coming out we're a beautiful if slightly dysfunctional tribe and this podcast to me is also about learning how we can clean up our acts personally so we can be fully present and attuned to our children that's my secret sneaky agenda guys it's like how can we be better people ourselves our best selves so that we can show up for our kids and so some of us are shedding generations of baggage it's kind of scary to break out of the mold and our own family members might be looking at us like what is wrong with you why aren't you doing it my way Um, and it's scary to be open-hearted and trusting uh, when so many of us have been hurt but if we can model for our children that we are good with ourselves and that we can accept them for exactly who they are in that moment uh, and that we are strong enough to support them and have their back no matter what then we're giving them the best gift imaginable okay so I'm gonna get off my soapbox now welcome to Atomic Moms first up we're calling Paris Hello, Jenny. Hello, Ellie. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. We're in full holiday swing. We just got back from the U.S. for Thanksgiving. Yes. Gabrielle is back in this time zone, so we're having, you know, restful nights once again. (laughs) Will you remind our listeners how old she is? Yes. So Gabrielle, um, our daughter, is uh, two and a couple of months, I think so. What are they? Our daughters are like a month apart, so it's like what twenty six months. I don't know what is yeah, it. Yeah, I'm trying to do math in my head. So <laughs> we're terrible. I know, um, right? Yeah, that makes about sense. Twenty six months or something. Around uh, that. How long did it take her to get back to Paris time schedule after spending Thanksgiving with your family in the states? You know, I usually it takes about two weeks, and they say that it takes an hour for every. So for every, uh, gosh, how can I say this? See, I'm losing my English. For every hour that you've lost or for every hour that you gain when you travel, it's going to take that day to gain it back. So if it's a nine-hour time difference, expect about nine days to get them back or anybody actually back on the schedule. It's actually a lot easier heading west than it is heading east, Um, but it took us actually only about five days this time. So... It was amazing. But the, the thing is, is that we did a little bit of a different flight thing, and I found was really helpful. Maybe this you know, was part of why we had success. For the first time, we really took a red-eye flight, and we got in at the end of day, um, so Paris time. So we were up for a few hours, and I was thinking I wasn't going to be able to get her to bed before 3 o'clock in the morning. But she crashed at 11.30, which was amazing. Versus usually the flights that we have get us in at, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, and then you have to stay up for the entire day. And that's just hard to do. So I think that maybe that night flight where we were getting kind of in at the end of the day really helped us out a lot. Oh, and she had a cold as well, too. So I will say that um, the, the, the Benadryl maybe had something to help us <laughs> out. It wasn't I was just giving her Benadryl for the sake of anything. She really did have a cold. So, but maybe I need to start looking at at that as an option moving forward. That's hilarious. Well, we uh, are going to be going on a short flight coming up. Nothing like your international travels. But I would love some advice from you for uh, our daughter about how to keep her entertained on the plane. Yeah. So, you know, the biggest thing I learned, and that has been super helpful for us, is go to the back of the plane. If you can pick your seats, this is something we always try to do whenever we have a flight, is we look at the flight configuration with Seat Guru, 
and we're really strategic about where we go. So, right, and so for I'm, people who don't know, Seek Guru, is it SeekGuru.com? Yes, and it's amazing. It's amazing because it allows you to look at the, um, the seat um, um, chart for each flight, and it will tell you based on, you can just enter your flight information, it will pull up the seat map, and you get, it's, it's kind of like TripAdvisor, but for traveling on planes, and it will tell you which seats are the best seats, um, which are okay, and kind of the general configuration. Which of ones the don't recline. Exactly. So they give you kind of some, or if you're in a bulkhead, sometimes there's pros and cons of being in a bulkhead seat. So you got maybe some extra space for your feet, but you might not have extra space. You might be a little bit more cramped for your seats or um, having space to put yourself, your stuff down in the seat in front of you or behind you or whatever. So, um, but so we always look at that. And what we've actually learned is, listen, if I'm traveling by myself or when we were, you know, a young and careless and wild free couple, we didn't want to be at the back of the plane. And we want to get in and out and, you know, don't check baggage, but things have definitely changed with the little one. We actually find that going to the very back of the plane is actually really good. Here's why. Because if the flight is not completely booked, um, it's more likely that there's going to be extra space in the back. So that means, one, if you have not reserved um, a seat for your child because they, they can be considered you know, a baby on the lap, what airlines try to do is book a seat, block a seat next to you if you haven't paid. However, if all the seats fill up because they're overbooked or the, the flight's completely booked, then they're going to have to let that seat go. But if they're not, and especially if they're in the back, they'll probably continue to block that seat for you. So, I know, and I always reserve, well, before, now Sabrina needs her own seat, but before I would get the aisle and the window because you're always hoping no one's going to book that middle seat. Exactly, exactly. So, and I think that we've done that a couple of times before, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but we have definitely had a lot of success with being towards the back of the plane. What it also means is that there's likely going to be extra space for you to put some stuff up in the overhead bins and you're not, you know, in this war with other passengers at the front of the plane. Um, it's likely going to be a little bit more calm back there. You've got quicker access um, to the restrooms as well, too. Um, quicker access as well, I find that if you're taking a night flight, um, especially because we're on flights that are 12 hours long. If you need to calm them down, it's easier to get out of your seat and have a little bit of space there towards the end to kind of walk around a little bit. Um, so, and especially too, you know, being in the back enables you to go take, you know, go to the restroom or, you know, get her to calm down. It's not like you're trying to carry a baby between those minuscule aisles and trying to make it work with the turbulence. So it's safer as well too. So I just find it's generally a lot less stressful being in the back of the plane compared to trying to be in the best seats in the front of the plane. What kind of snacks do you pack? So interesting, what I like to do because she likes, and she calls them crunchy crunch. So crunchy crunch is a generic term for anything that she can pick up with her two fingers and it makes a crunch when it goes into her mouth. So we used to like to do when she was a little younger, those Gerber, um, I forget their name, but they're like these little puff cereal things. Um, we used to do those. What I do these days are things like pretzels or um, cereal that doesn't have too much sugar, so Cheerios or things like that. And she, at least Gabrielle, she really likes to pick things up with her hand and it keeps her occupied a little bit. Um, and there's not as much of a mess with like a yogurt or, you know, even those little yogurts or the, the applesauce things that are in the pouches, she likes to squeeze them sometimes so it overflows like a like a volcano, which is not great to have on a flight, um, at least with her, but she's doing better. So I find that, and what I try to do is get the disposable kind of Tupperware-ish things, like the Gladlock that you can get in stores. That way, if you forget about it, it's not a big deal. It's, you know, the kind of this disposable things. And I just put a little bit of cereal and put that into my, my purse, actually, and it works out well. You know, something else I've learned, too, um, Again, my experience is with a lot of international travel, and I find that they're, gen they're generally kinder to us here in France, i.e. if we go to security, they see us with a stroller or a baby strapped to our chest, they just automatically put us through the priority lane, you know, for the people that have status and um, all of that. They don't do that necessarily over in the U.S. They don't really care what your situation is. Sometimes you might find some generous souls, but one thing I have learned is when it comes to pre-boarding, is a lot of people don't do pre-boarding for families anymore, which has been shocking me. And I actually had a couple of airlines tell me, no, we don't do that anymore. But what I found is that if you at least go up and inquire and ask, 
you might not receive. Sometimes they'll make an exception saying, well, we generally don't do this anymore, but, you know, you can go ahead and board, you know, when we call people up, the status members uh, um, or the, the first class, go ahead and come up and we'll let you through. So I say, ask, 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 or you might not receive. That <laughs> is great advice, Jenny. Um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go... Well, Adam is always more convincing, so I'm sure if he went up to the desk, they would, yeah. uh, if he pretended to be a dad traveling alone with a child, I'm sure they would let him through. So maybe that's how we'll be sneaky about it this time. Uh, Jenny, thank you for letting us interrupt your work day in Paris. We love you so much. Thank you for being our French correspondent. I can't wait to catch up with you more in the new year. We love you so much. Thank you, Jenny. Love you too, and everybody, happy travels this holiday season with the kiddos. Good luck. Bye, Jenny. Thanks. Bye, Ellie. Okay, <laughs> listeners, we have Claire Coffee. Do you go by Claire Thiele ever? I go by Claire Thiele legally and on my driver's license. Okay, that's what I'm like with Steve Heal. So, but uh, but coffee professionally and publicly, publicly nobody and on the can pronounce as a guest. So. You're Claire Coffee and Bridget yeah. Maloney Sinclair, who our dear listeners know from her own episode and also from our Expatriate Moms episode, which was quite a hit, I must say. Oh, good. I'm so yeah. I I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. Okay. You two travel all the time. Bridget just came back from New York. We heard a little bit about that that uh, with her daughter. And Claire, I feel like every weekend you're flying to Minnesota uh, with your dear, sweet husband filling it's in a, for Harrison Keeler. Well, we're, well, he's been on tour for the last three months. So we've been flying up and down the coast. And then holiday travel, we flew cross country um, which was a total nightmare, but it got me excused from any further cross country travel alone. So, you know, alone. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a win, a win. It can Wait, be counted really, as a win. Just for, so our, our listeners can understand how awful this can be. Oh, and there he is in the background. <laughs> there he is. He's like, I want to talk about this because when you were coming back from Thanksgiving, you bought a seat for him. Uh, yeah. He yes. is under so one years old. You bought a seat for him. They did not put the airline did not put the seats together. <laughs> no, we we will. Well, the problem was our flight was delayed and then we missed a connection in Charlotte. So I had Chris on the phone because he has better status than I do uh, with Delta. So I had Chris on the phone trying to get us uh, seats and there was only seats on a flight, an oversold flight. Um, through Phoenix to get back to Portland. So we were going to arrive in Portland um, at two in the morning. And my incredible nanny, who will normally like do over, I couldn't even, I couldn't ask her to meet me at my house at two in the morning. That was just ridiculous. So it was all, it was going to be, it was going to be, you know, a real heck of an evening regardless. But because it was oversold, they didn't get flights. Like, you know, just switch with someone. It's no big deal, which, you know, I have, they gave me the proper seats where it would have been fine to switch, like not a middle and a middle. So I get back there to the back of the plane and I'm trying to switch an aisle, the very last aisle seat to an aisle seat two rows ahead of that seat. And there's this woman back there. And I said, hi, um, I'm so sorry. I'm, I just have to be able to sit with my, my infant. Can you just switch seats with me? And she stares at me and goes, if you can get that guy to switch, then I'll switch with you this guy sitting ahead of her who's on his phone and acting like he doesn't know what's going on one foot from his face who's just you know and and I said do you know this man and she said no and I said okay so so but this is a better seat like you're not and she just gives me this look like not my problem figure it out lady so this very sweet guy um offered to switch middle seats like a seat that reclined for a seat that didn't to sit next to this lovely woman um <laughs> and I was like really it like really ruined an already terrible day I don't know how it could possibly have been any worse but I really was like what in the world 
you take it so personally at Absolutely. that point. But what I want to know is, because we, we always have gotten Phoebe her own seat, and she rides in a car seat on the plane, and she has to be in the window. Did, so, wait, did Well, what I learned is that they don't actually need a car seat. Here's another hot tip, um, but it's a terrible, because I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, but his his car seat that's it, it was the same deal like I always buy him a seat um but I never do I'm so two... cheap I make everyone miserable and no I listen but I've never had to fly alone with her yeah either. that's the thing it's self-preservation yeah. like it, yeah if I, I had to fly alone I would I'd buy a whole row yes <laughs> I'm I'm a recovering anxious flyer so I like having her strapped in next to me like that's that's good for my anxiety management also. This is it's it's all this is all uh, it's all selfishly driven um, <laughs> survival. That's but, selfish. But it but yeah. So he so because of the L.A. experience where I was delayed for nine hours in the airport, I learned that they don't actually need a car seat. So in situations like this, you just get the extra. Like for for me, I had the extra seat so he could kind of lay down and nap instead of being on me the entire time. And then I just I just held him. Well, I mean, I, I nurse him most of the flight anyway, so, um, and then we just have an extra seat to store all of our, our crap and then hope that whoever is sitting and, in and the there's aisles... so much crap, like, because there's you're so much crap. and you cannot keep reaching down under the seat if you have a baby on your lap to try right. to get the crap, so that makes a ton of sense. I was also a huge fan of lugging the boppy pillow around the airport. That's really? <laughs> Which looks That's... so ridiculous, but it was very helpful when she was under one because I could just prop her up on it. Like, right. if you're sharing a seat with a baby, that boppy was amazing. Yeah, because well, well, then you can, like, probably turn it around, the boppy around, and then you have a little island for her. Exactly. Yeah. I have I somebody on, you guys might have seen this, on Facebook recommended taking the pillow out of the boppy cover and stuffing it with all the soft goods you'll need on the plane. That's a genius idea. That's so funny. That's like a fancy version of like the pillowcase for yes. Halloween candy. Just yeah, like... that's really genius. Yeah. So, but that's so much I my sister and her family are flying in tomorrow and they are um or today in the world of the podcast but they are <laughs> for the first time my nephew who's over two and is very big will be flying with a cares harness c-a-r-e-s what and it's that? like this, it's a seatbelt adapter that turns the seatbelt oh, chest okay. piece so like it turns it into like a car seat harness on the airplane seat. That's so, a million dollar idea. But how do you convince the kid to stay strapped like well, that? Well, that's the thing. So if they're crafty enough, I guess they can scoot out the bottom. Um, there's a lot on the internet of like, don't let them realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that two-year-old's not listening to the podcast. <laughs> Um, but also like if he sits on a pillow, it's kind of harder if it's tight enough, I think it's kind of hard for them to get out, but, um, you convince them by letting them have unlimited access to your electronic device. They're not going to do. Um, is there anything that you two do to sort of stay, uh, sane for yourselves? Like I, at times have brought on little like you know you know little perfume rollers but then I get dirty looks for that or things to sort of keep you uh centered or like face towelettes do you do anything I well when I was in the airport for that extraordinary for nine hours long. I should have rescued you <laughs> that was no no there's not that would have made me the guilt uh of like you ha thinking of you driving across town through traffic it was like five o'clock traffic so no it was yeah um <laughs> you yeah, also face washing and teeth brushing is a big deal wait what's what? that uh, I said Claire didn't reveal she was still at the airport for a while but if I remember is. correctly, she was there for several hours before she told us. I'm sorry, but you were saying something about LAX. This is what friendship's yeah. all about. Um, yeah, I think cleanly for for me, hygiene is very important. I the teeth brushing and face washing thing. Okay, so, 
Um, this is important because everyone should know that you were in a Crest toothpaste commercial <laughs> with Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Nobody takes brushing teeth more seriously than Claire Coffee. So do true. what kind of toothbrush do you travel with? Because well, I get so grossed out by how wet it gets. Do you use oh. one of those stupid little plastic covers yes. or what's yes. the deal? There's, a, there's this great plastic cover that Whole Foods sells. Um, and, oh, man, it's called Dr. Something or Others. And it has um, a hygiene little, like, patch inside of it to supposedly make it sanitary. I'm sure that's a lie. Um <laughs> But I, I do that, and then, you know, you have to have a bottle of water to brush your teeth in the airport, in the airplane sink, because you can't use the water, so. Oh, you brush it in the bathroom, in the, the plane? Oh, yes, 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 yes. How many times do you brush your teeth while you're traveling? Uh, well, I mean, it, it depends like, on. Do you do it when you get off the plane? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> I do it whenever I feel like plaque is starting to take root. Um, after most things I eat, I brush my teeth. So, because Claire and I shared a dentist, and uh, our like five years ago, and the dentist still brings up Claire. I mean, she's such a shiny I, example. I probably of put their kids through college. Oral hygiene. Um, yeah. I well, I and I don't know if it's any. I don't know where he got it from, but Cal's favorite toy is. Uh, my electric toothbrush, my Oral B electric toothbrush. I've moved up from the Sonicare. Uh, uh, we've uh, made the switch as well. It's easier to clean. It's I've nicer. Done. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's nicer nicer clean. Um, and then, but they make little baby electric toothbrushes. So he has his own little electric toothbrush, and they're really cute. Amazon, just FYI. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Bridget? Do you use any sort of like towelettes for your face? I've gotten to the point where I'll bring. Because I get so greasy, <laughs> I will bring a a washcloth with me and just put it in a Ziploc bag so that I can wash my face when I get off the plane. You know, this is if I'm not also juggling my baby. Yeah. Uh, if I'm able to sort of escape for a moment if my husband has her. No, I bring, like, my history of cognitive behavioral therapy and my hypnosis tapes. <laughs> like, I draw on that. I'm so – I was going to say, like, my luxury is a – an attitude of not caring what the people around me think, which is a lie. We, <laughs> last time we flew, um, we paid for, well, we didn't pay because I was doing a job. So somebody bought our tickets, which was nice. Um, the job bought the tickets, extra leg room because we were flying economy. Oh, you have to. Yeah, and you have to. Because she can't kick the seat in front of her. <laughs> solely that's why like I would have been like what can I have the difference in the ticket otherwise because I can't now that my daughter's legs are long enough to kick the seat in front of her I cannot relax um because she'll torture the person in front of her and she's done it successfully once and I offered to buy the woman a drink and she was like no I'm okay it's okay so um and I mean, she was drinking. Like, I don't know why she didn't take it fun. She's like, I'm already drunk. I don't know. It's because she knows how terribly she's going to draw Phoebe in the story that she tells all of yeah. her friends when it's she worth gets it. off the, the material plane. Worth it. Exactly. Um, no, I would say, I mean, for me, it's like, it's about just like getting through it. Um, I, on the, I think I might have said this, but on the, when I last flew back East alone with Phoebe, I was really nervous about who was going to be seated next to us. And it was an Australian pediatric occupational therapist who was traveling. Oh, wow. Girlfriend. And so I was like, do you want to do an assessment? And he was like, no, no. <laughs> well, but, you have to explain to our <laughs> listeners what, what that's about. That, well, that uh, for me personally, or generally occupational therapists, usually like the quick and dirty rule of thumb is they focus on above the waist development like fine motor skills and stuff like that um but Phoebe's had done which I've talked about on the podcast therapy for her late walking so I um I love pediatric therapists obviously but I he was like a like a charming Australian and then we barely chatted but it was nice to know I had like a professional baby person next to me so if you can travel with one of those I really <laughs> preferably hot and Australian you can find a cute Australian who's never been to America before to help you carry your car seat off oh you know what you know what my big big thing is and I think I mentioned this last time I was on the show, maybe, maybe not, is the go-go baby or the, I'll send Ellie the link, the baby Bricka 
rollerboard. You hook your car seat to it, and it turns the car seat basically into a carry-on piece of luggage, and you can roll them through the airport in it. Um, and That's super exciting. Also, the guava. Can we give a shout out to that? The, oh the, yeah, that thing's been so the good. The guava lotus crib, because man, Sabrina was in that uh, pack and play, and she was she. It was like Jack and the Beanstalk all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> and so I panicked because we were going out of town, and I was like, "Where the heck is she gonna sleep? Like she can't sleep in a bed yet, and she's definitely not co sleeping with me." So, uh, which I did the other morning, by the way. I don't know how you did that for so long, Claire. I'm still doing it. You're still doing it. That oh yeah, that's right. Um, he's gonna be in bed until he's like in. I don't know. There are. It's like she's an octopus in bed with me. It's like she has twelve limbs, and they're all yeah. trying to go into my like face and my stomach and between my leg. Like it's just so. It's so intimate. So, <laughs> the lotus crit, uh, thing is amazing. You uh, you can unzip it. It's down the side. So it's also really easy to travel with. It's so light. Isn't it it's great? So light. It's a little backpack, yeah. or you can just put it under the plane but it's so light it's so easy to put together I'm obsessed with it I'll send another link for it because it's honestly I think my favorite thing on earth I uh yeah that's the the um I also Chris uh convinced me to to check the car seat and stroller on this this crazy hello uh oh Claire Claire <laughs> Where'd Claire go? <laughs> Where did she go? Did I just ruin it? Oh my god! You gosh, ruined sorry. it. No, we're still going though. We're going strong. Where'd you we go? are waiting with bated breath for what Chris was saying. He told I you to tried, check it. He, he that was him just trying to Facetime, and I declined the Facetime, and it somehow declined everything else. So, so he he was like, you you need to check the car seat and the stroller. Like, just have. I travel with my backpack. My backpack is my diaper bag, which if you're traveling is a must. Um, so, so I said, okay, fine, you know, we'll try. And I, I had him strapped to me in the Beko, which I also recommend. Yes. Um, but that made him feel doubly guilty because then I'm like, if, if my, our luggage doesn't arrive, I don't have a car seat. I don't have this, like my security yeah. blanket of this stroller through the airport, you know, that he can sleep in and everything. But there's something like if the baby is strapped to your chest, facing out whoever, like whomever you're, you're trying to get help from, you get a lot more sympathy that way. <laughs> if you're just like bedraggled mother, baby strapped to her chest, like please, I just need to get home. Um, it's uh, it's it's good. That's great advice. That is. <laughs> I love the Becco Gemini. Yeah, it's that one. That one's also very very good. Um, yeah, yeah. What is and, yours? Do you have Virgo? Who me? No, what, what do you what do you have, Claire? You've got the Becco. The Becco. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. I that's... said good as though we're Team Becco. Wow, Ellie. Can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like saying. throwing out all my opinions about co-sleeping, about which carrier. <laughs> that's what that's what people are tuning in for. I have the Boba, the Ergo, and the Bjorn. Some of which I inherited. Some of which I was given. Um, Wait, that's the same thing. Some of which I purchased, one of which I purchased, and then I was given the other two. And I really, we just put them all away. And that you can um, you can send them to help with Syrian refugees if you're not going to have any more children or you have more than you need um, with uh, Operation Syrian Refugee Child, I think it's called. You can also just donate money. There you go. My little plug for that. No, that it was such an amazing, that is really, really, really an incredible organization uh, I'm going to pull that up really quickly because I want our listeners to know. Um, I'm unaffiliated. I just know about it. That's all. So, yeah, it's if you just look up uh, baby carriers for refugees, you will find a, a ton of articles about it. I think it's the most beautiful idea ever. The organization is called Carry the Future. Oh, wow. And it has distributed more than 3,000 baby carriers to Syrian refugees on the Greek island of Kos, helping them carry children as they travel long distances on foot after arriving in Europe. Uh, volunteers in Athens have an additional uh, 2,500 baby carriers, which they uh, were planning to distribute uh, by Thanksgiving Day. And I just read that on Mashable.com. But I think that is the most beautiful 
uh, idea for an organization ever and it breaks my heart and that would be a really wonderful way to give back this holiday season I'm glad that it's yeah because the last I had heard about it it was so it was um it wasn't as organized into a yeah. place like here's where to send it so that's really really good to know Oh, they yeah. also, yeah, I just donated mm, not very much money. You can also just do that, too, with them. They have a link through their website, I think, for other necessities. I mean, and that really puts things in perspective. And so thank you for bringing that up also, Bridget. You know, that's kind of, I'm kind of. No, when you're traveling. kind of the downer, Bridget. Like, and we appreciate that about you. <laughs> um, like, no, because when we're lugging all this crap through the airport, we should remember that there are people that aren't at the airport. They're trying to. You know, they're walking through entire countries with their children in their arms. And, oh, man, are this we is, just the luckiest people alive? I know. It, it sounds very trite for me to say it right now, but that is exactly what I was thinking when I was going through this. Because when normally when you get these sort of ridiculous holiday travel nightmare craziness, you're... I, I would get so upset thinking of, oh, these lost hours that I would have at home to what to like clean and organize my suitcase and so when you have like having Cal there who's just like still super happy because he doesn't know anything's wrong it's a really good reminder like well what like you know I'm what what's eight hours of my time and then the you know with all of the Syrian refugee crisis that's going on right now and it sounds so ridiculous but that's what was in my mind like oh my gosh I am so lucky and also you know, I, what, what, what would I do in that scenario? Um, so it does help put things into perspective. I believe you sent that text as a matter of fact, from hour nine, the airport. That's, right. yeah. That's true. I know I do. At some point we do need to have a, a book published with the text. <laughs> That's when Atomic Moms goes into publishing. Um, my beautiful dear friends, I just want to take a moment to thank you for hopping on the phone uh, to share these tips with our listeners. Uh, I know you guys are both crazy busy, and I just want to personally thank you for being such champions of this podcast. It just meant the world to me. So I love you guys, and um, I'm sure our listeners look forward to hearing more from you uh, this next year, 2016. Love you, Ellie. Love you. And I love you too, Claire. I, I love, love you too, Bridget. <laughs> okay. I will be right back. Hooray, it's working. Yay. Oh my gosh, Bianca. So please fill everyone in on the holidays. We got to fill everyone in on what's going on with Atomic Moms. We want some travel tips from you. And you also wanted me to remind you um, about sharing. uh, Let's start with the thing that, because now I am intrigued. You you asked me to remind you of something you learned this weekend about moms supporting moms. Let's jump in there. Yeah. So I, um, I recently had a discussion with one of my mama friends um, who had had a little bit of a falling out um, with another mama friend. And um, I don't want to get into the particulars because I don't want to betray the people. Um, And the story is not really important. What's important is that, you know, all of us, I think, go through situations with our mama friends, be it people that we knew before we became parents and we've kind of embarked upon this parenting journey together or people who became our friends because we now are parents and we've met them through our kids or at the park or whatever it may be. And, um, it was a, it was a big lesson for me because something had happened, um, with their kids and, you know, each had their own side of the story and um, each really took what had happened uh, personally and was very hurt by it. And um, in talking with them, I realized that while they were, you know, rightfully, I think, hurt by what had happened, at the same time, they weren't stepping back and looking at the bigger picture, which was that they're both struggling and they're both having a hard time with very different places in parenthood. But at the end of the day, kind of very 
similar feelings and frustrations. And um, I just, it just reminded me that it's very easy. I know that I've had a couple uh, situations where, you know, get a little bit judgmental or think like, how could this person do that? And it reminded me to stop when I have those feelings and remember that no matter how perfect or easy or together it seems like, uh, you know, parents that you know have it, we're, we're all like fumbling, bumbling messes, right? I mean, we're all kind of really just hoping that we're not messing this up too much. And it doesn't excuse um, crappy behavior. It doesn't excuse people being um, hurtful or uh, selfish or any of those things. But I think it's a lot easier to swallow when you can try to remember that anybody that you're dealing with who has kids, whether you think that they're a good parent or not, is doing the best that they can with the tools that they've been given. And um, it doesn't mean that you have to continue relationships with people that you don't agree with how they're doing things. But I guess maybe it could give us pause to have compassion and to maybe be a little softer and gentler and, um, you know, really try to grasp that we are all the same in this because we're we're all totally clueless, right? I hope you can't hear my dogs barking viciously in the background. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, it was just a little wake up reminder for me that I wanted to share, um, because it's so much different when you're in it, but when you're kind of overseeing two people going through it, it was so much clearer to me that they were both feeling the same things. And yet they were both kind of projecting and being judgmental of the same things in the other person. Right. So anyway, it's a, I think it's a good thing going into the holidays too, because people get so nutty during the holidays, right? Speaking of the holidays, I bet a lot of you out there are getting ready to travel. And I um, know that I have done my fair share of research and uh, put into practice a lot of it's so it's so confusing when you because like it feels like every stage there's new equipment that you need and there's and there doesn't seem to be a ton of stuff online, especially for like I mean there's websites galore for like what car seats that you should use on an airplane, but nobody seems to be talking about what car seats are best for like getting out and in and out of cabs or, you know, if you're going to be someplace where you're not renting a car, how do I go? How, what do I do when I'm going to a restaurant and I have to take the car seat with me? Um, so like I have done, uh, I mean, I feel like about two years worth now of (laughs) research. So first I'll start off by saying this is what we used when Magnolia was an infant. Um, And this was for car travel, for plane travel. So for infant travel, we had like our car seat, which I think was the Uppa Baby um, Mesa, which we used in our cars at home. But that thing weighed a little too much. I wanted something lighter. Um, and that could just be a bang around one. Cause you know, you're throwing it everywhere. It's going underneath the plane sometimes. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that we had something that was devoted solely for travel. So, um, I found this car seat called the Cybex, I think is how you pronounce it. It's C-Y-B-E-X Atten 2 infant car seat. Um, and it's super duper light and super duper simple, but very safe, which is obviously a huge importance. And I think it weighs like, uh, I don't know, eight pounds or something like that. So it's, it's fairly, oh, sorry, totally wrong. 15 pounds, but it felt like eight pounds. (laughs) It felt very light. Um, and then we also got the, and I've talked about this. It was one of my mom's sessions one time, the mountain buggy nano stroller. And the thing that's so cool about the mountain buggy nano stroller is it's 11 pounds and it folds up literally to carry on size. So one of the biggest fears that I had because I read a lot about it is people travel, they check their stroller um, at the gate when they're boarding the plane and they get the stroller back and it's broken because... What's the difference between that and just a regular umbrella stroller that you can fold up and it's like six pounds and you throw in the overhead? 
Um, well, this one reclines and oh, wow. it um, actually has attachments so that the car seat, the little um, infant car seat can sit in it and be strapped to it. Ooh, so it awesome. acts as a travel system, which is awesome. And it's super lightweight and it's, it folds up even smaller than those umbrella strollers do. Um, so it's actually more compact. And people had tried to tell us like, oh, you can't go on with your stroller. I'm like, oh, no, no, we can. <laughs> drop all the way like this. You're like, go, go, gadget. <laughs> exactly. And that was great for like, we went to New York a couple times. It was awesome because um, the Cybex like goes into cabs super easy. And we'd literally just like snuggle her up, especially in cold weather um, in the little car seat. And then we'd like, we got really, uh, really super fast at like clicking her in with the um, taxi uh, shoulder belt. It just goes around the um, car seat and gets it in there real snug and then we pop her out in that and then we put it down in the stroller it's awesome because then you like if you go to dinner or you you know are need to do some shopping or wherever you are that you're going in and out of cabs or other people's cars it's super super simple keeps it um awesome. way convenient yeah okay so that so was now i'm gonna get selfish i need to hear about your convertible car seat solution okay because that's where sabrina is yes all right so if you're somebody who has under two years old, two years old, and you're traveling by plane, um, and so you need ne- not necessarily um, uh, to deal with the car seat on the plane, although this car seat can be used on the plane too, um, then uh, this is the Brytax Marathon G4.1 convertible. Um, it's 20 pounds, so it's still heavier than obviously your small little infant car seats, but it's so much lighter than almost everything that I lifted at the store. Um, and it's super, super easy to click in whether you have to use the, um, the shoulder belt or it has, it does have the latch connectors. So for newer cars, um, you can use it. And I just took it to, um, we went to Austin, Texas for Thanksgiving and we got a rental car and it was so fast to secure in there. Um, and it feels really durable and it has awesome safety ratings. And, um, not only that, I have to tell you the only car seat that Magnolia has ever slept consistently two hour naps in. So I know like a lot of people who, when you switch from your little infant bucket seat to the car, um, convertible car seat, you're, you like mourn the loss of long naps in the car. That doesn't have to be the case. Um, because there's something about the width of the wings on the side, it, her head doesn't go forward. You know, if your child is under two and you're traveling via plane and you're cool, just checking the, uh, car seat when you check in and get your, um, boarding passes. And so you want to, um, just check the bag when you check all your other suitcases, which is nice because then you don't have to carry, um, the car seat all the way through if you're not using it on the plane. There is a great bag that I found. By the way, all this stuff is on Amazon, so we'll provide the links um, for the ones that I'm talking about. But the JL Child Dress or Childress Ultimate Car Seat Travel Bag, it's huge, you guys. It fits basically any car seat. And um, it's great because it has backpack straps. So even though you're going to look like a total weirdo at the airport with this huge freaking bag on your back, it makes it super convenient. And the awesome thing, too, is um, – it's so big that when you put your car seat in, there's usually still room. So I usually put in diapers or um, other stuff that like, you yeah, know. You sneak you, it in. You sneak yeah, it in. You get it. Pack it all in. You know, I'm, you make it Mary Poppins, uh, you know, how she her little bag. You like pull everything out of her little bag totally. and more and more stuff comes out. Totally. Um, and then if your child is two or older and so you're using the car seat on the plane, I got this great cart. Um, it's called the Go Go Babies Travel Mate, and it's just this awesome little tiny light um, cart on wheels that you strap the car seat to. And Magnolia loves it because she like then she sits in the car seat and rides through the airport. Yeah, um, so cool. And yeah, and so it's cool because then you're not lugging that thing, and then you can it literally fits right up the aisle of the airplane, so you can just roll that puppy all the way to your seat, um, chuck it in the overhead bin above you. Uh, and, uh, it just makes it so much more convenient than lugging everything around. Cause I always feel like such a crazy person when I've got like 20 things and you're dropping crap as you go <laughs> you along I mean, and I don't know about you, but we're always late. So we're always running, oh, you know, to always flight. late, always um, late. 
It's Always. part of the excitement. You got to get that yeah. adrenaline rush. Um, and then, you know, here, here are my like tips for travel with kids. I always go online before a new trip and I look up, um, either go on Pinterest or I just do a uh, Google search for, um, toddler or, um, infant travel toys. People are always making lists of things that they've found useful. Um, and there's always new stuff. I'm always trying to bring little fun, new things. I think the, I think the one um, huge pointer that I would give is look, there's no magic, uh, you know, solution in a bottle that's going to make your child sit on a plane or in a car for hours on end and not move. That's just not going to happen. So if you can ahead of time, prepare yourself that like traveling for at least this point in your life is going to be a heck of a lot of work. Um, and you're not going to get to sit and relax and watch a movie on the plane or, you know, do all the things that you used to do. You could probably sneak a glass of wine in there. I do it when Magnolia's napping. Um, once you kind of commit to that and, and kind of get in the spirit of it, it makes it a, a lot better if you're just at least in that mindset. Right. Um, and I just have one bag that is devoted to um, little baggies of different activities uh, for Magnolia. You know, when she was younger, um, it was oddly shaped things. And I usually would go to CVS like typically midnight on the night before we left um, because I was always, again, running late. Um, and I would just go in the travel um, section and grab every little travel bottle, um, toothbrush, something that she could chew on, play with. Oh, how does this open? How do I get this top off? Um, you know, certainly things, some things that you would want to supervise, but like anything that's new that they haven't seen before that they can like take something off of, or it makes a noise. Um, you know, that, that was always great. And then I would just grab the little, um, travel makeup bags, uh, from, you know, the hair and makeup section and throw stuff in those. That's a great now that she's older, um, we do do a couple of series, cartoon series that we don't really let her watch at home. Um, you know, those are good for a half hour here or a half hour there um, on a on one of our iPhones um, or on a little iPad. Um, and then um, we bring books. Um, one thing that I just um, packed for our upcoming trip is a baggie of those little um, fuzzy balls, different size fuzzy balls. And I read this online. This woman recommended buying a bottle at the airport when you get inside the security and dumping the water out. And once you get on the plane, like showing them how to stuff the little fuzzy balls in the plastic bottle. And um, that probably occupied her for about a half hour doing it. So, I mean, it's incremental. Like, we're looking at the <laughs> the increments of the travel, uh, car ride, plane ride that you can basically get them involved in something um, for that amount of time. I know one friend just flew to Germany by herself with her um, 18-month-old baby and they spent about five hours. It was one of those double-decker planes going up and up, up and down the stairs. Yeah. So um, we'll find – we'll ask the, the stewardess to bring us um, – Flight cup, attendant. Flight attendant. <laughs> um, I'm a kidding. Cup, cup of ice. Just bring yeah, a cup of ice. A cup of ice. That was my mom's big trick. She was yeah. like, cup of ice. It yeah. worked, especially when they're really little. And then they chew on it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Bianca, what are your – do you have a New Year's resolution? Um, my New Year's resolution is probably I – don't, I don't make New Year's resolutions. I think we've talked about this before because I feel like – uh, I should just last try. Yes, we did last New Year's. I feel like we should just try to, um, you know, maybe do things and implement things throughout the year and not just one time a year. I feel like it's always going in with a gusto and I'm going to do it and then I never do it. And then I feel bad about myself and it ends up being um, antithetical to what I was doing in the first place. But um, I would say that one thing that I am trying to do right now is just to really be uh, present with Magnolia because I'm realizing how quickly, um, this time is flying past and I'm missing so many things already that she's already not doing that she did a couple months ago. And so I just, um, I want to, you know, I just try to like not take my phone places with us and, um, you know, be there, be there, be there. And, uh, I mean, and that's why, 
you know, Atomic Moms is, you know, we're doing a, it's a transitional period because. Yes. So would you like to talk about that for yeah. a minute? Yeah. So. I know our time is. Is limited. Nearing an end. Um, so I, uh, I have a little bit of sad news for our listeners and um, some of you may have um, already kind of gotten an inkling of what's going on because, because. Ellie has been taking over uh, most of the duties at this point, all of the duties, let's be honest. Um, But, you know, I had to have a a real moment of honesty with myself about my time, and um, I was not prepared for how uh, intense doing this live show was going to be and um, how... Undateable, yeah. Yes, undateable, and and how intensely um, I felt working mom guilt and how much I missed being with my little girl every day. And, uh, you know, I sat down, um, with my husband, um, a couple months ago when the show really started to kind of show its true colors in terms of what the time commitment would be. Again, undateable. I guess. Thank you. Our, our spokesperson, Ellie. <laughs> no, I mean, no, but just so the listeners know that we're talking about undateable and not yeah. this show because it's confusing. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry. That is. That's uh, that's a very valid point. Um, and, you know, Mike told me something that really um, hit me and made an impact. And that was that he uh, was listening to a, uh, one of his um, favorite MMA fighters, very unlikely source for this inspiring advice. But um he said that, you know, your life is a lot like your iPhone and that if you have too many apps open and running, your battery is going to drain really fast and that you have to really pick and choose the apps that, uh, you know, give you the most bang for your buck and also allow you to do all the things that you need to do and have the energy for the, for the most important things. And while I love this podcast so much and I've had such an absolute blast doing it with you, Ellie, and, um, I feel like it's such an important voice to be out there in the world. It unfortunately um, was something that was draining a lot of my energy. And and a lot of that was because I felt so guilty because poor Ellie was taking on so much and doing so much herself. And I wasn't able to be present in the way that I would like to be present for the things that I choose to do in my life. And more importantly than all of that is that it was taking away from time that I had with Magnolia. And, um, you know, the irony, yes, the parenting podcast taking away (laughs) from the parenting. I hear you. Isn't that wild? It's so crazy. (laughs) And, uh, and that just didn't make sense to me. And, you know, with a full-time gig, um, and my first love, um, obviously a being my child, but my, my second love being my acting, Um, I had to make a very difficult decision and I just am so grateful to you, Ellie, for being so understanding and also to you, our listeners, uh, for knowing that I really genuinely love doing this and hopefully I'll be back as a guest host here and there along the way. Um, you have a very strong and capable captain, um, in Miss Ellie taking this on who really is so passionate about all of you guys and about bringing you, um, the the greatest, the latest and the greatest um, people in the parenting world who have a lot to say and things that need to be heard and maybe you wouldn't ultimately have any other way of finding them. Um, and so I'm, I'm so proud of this podcast. I'm so grateful for it and for the experience that I've had over the past year. Um, and I will miss doing it on a weekly basis. Um, but I'm just so happy that it's still going and going strong. And um, I love you guys all, and thank you so much for the opportunity to share some of um, my struggles and, and worries, but also my, my small victories and the lessons that I learned. And um, I love you all. And we'll be right back. Thank you, Bianca. We love you so much. And so now for our holiday gift to you all 
I have Susan Stiffelman. Susan Stiffelman is a marriage and family therapist, a credentialed teacher, and a licensed psychotherapist. For over 30 years, Susan has worked with families to create greater harmony and deeper connection between parents and children. She also delivers the weekly parenting advice for the Huffington Post as their parent coach. Susan, I have to ask you, do you have any tips for all of our mamas and papas and caregivers that are traveling for the holidays and they're going to see their relatives and it always brings up so much drama. Do you have any uh, life hacks or survival tips for how we can stay sane and not in power struggles with our, with our extended family? Mm. <laughs> good, good thinking to think about it in advance. You know, um, we do get stirred up and triggered. There are so many parts of ourselves that are kind of invisible that come to the forefront under those circumstances with family and, you know, just old, old junk that rises to the surface. And it could be the smallest thing your mother-in-law might say, well, honey, we don't usually set the table that way. And you might be like, you've never liked me. (laughs) (laughs) Or one of your siblings might, you know, tell the punchline of the joke that you're delivering at the table. And you always undercut me. You always have to one up me. Mm-hmm. And so I like to ask parents or people to just, you know, take your right hand, gently pat your heart. And you say to yourself or whisper under your breath, they're there, you know, that we, we acknowledge this is a tough moment. And I think one of the first steps for healing when we go into those sort of challenging stressful situations. First is to set your expectations really, really low. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. There was a TED talk about that once. Yeah. Yeah. The secret to happiness is low expectations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, you know, maybe the expectation is I'm going to get through the three days just feeling, you know, a warm, fuzzy feeling three times while I'm there or, um, Noticing, and here's the other one that sort of segues into, notice when you feel that your blood pressure is rising or some old painful feelings are are coming to the surface and notice them, name them. There's that feeling again. It's so familiar. There's me feeling inadequate and insecure again. And then you can do the there, there, the way you would a child, but except you're offering that to yourself in the most loving, maternal, sweetheart kind of way to yourself. You take a breath and you notice and you name it if you can. And then, um, you know, go to the bathroom and just take a minute or two to be present with the feelings. The amazing thing about feelings is that if we don't resist them or try and talk ourselves out of having them and we just allow them to be there, the feeling of maybe insecurity or sadness or hurt or confusion or disappointment, so you go in the bathroom and you just, you know, take a moment and you just feel it. Let it wash over you the way waves on, in the ocean, you know, wash over you. But they recede. The reason we get really wound up around family is that, number one, we have expectations and an, an agenda that um, may or may not be realistic. And number two, we try and shove those feelings back under the surface because they're very uncomfortable. But feelings don't last that long. If need be, just go in there and have a little bit of a cry. Um, Allow yourself to feel the disappointment and the sadness that your family aren't quite where you wish they were, Mm -hmm. where they don't see you the way they wish you wish you could be seen by them. They still are holding the image of you when you were 14 or they're still, still bringing up stories about you that you can't even remember, let alone relate to. And you know what? That's a moment of grieving. That's a moment of feeling your sadness around that, that it isn't the way you wish it could be. That is where you have liberation, when you can feel the sorrow and the sadness and allow those feelings to wash over you. You will move into a sort of peaceful acceptance, and then you walk it back into the room. These are the people, they just are where they are in their journey. You bless them, you accept them, just like you want to be accepted for where you are. And you look for any bright spots, and it may be that it's a bright spot with your child or, you know, something in nature outside. You look for something that is is sweet, you know, and enjoy that. 
allow yourself to enjoy that instead of focusing all your energy and attention and obsessing on playing and replaying the mean and harsh comment that somebody made at dinner. Let it be, you know, feel sad about it. Um, there's this incredible story of two monks and they had, I'm sure you've heard it, but they, they, there were these two monks that of course they'd taken vows of celibacy and they were walking on a journey back to their monastery. And at one point they came to a river and there was a maiden there who, um, you know, was struggling with how to get across the river. So one of the monks put the woman on her back, on his back, and carried her across the river and set her down again and, and took up on the journey with his fellow monk. And they walked in silence for several hours. And finally, the second monk said to the one who had carried the woman, you know, we have taken a vow of celibacy. You know, you picked that woman up and put her on your back. And, you know, we're not, that that's really, you know, pushing it with with our vows and the monk says to his partner, you know, I set that woman down many hours ago. Are you still carrying her? Oh, <laughs> that's good. Wow. <sighs> Thank you, Susan. Thank You're you welcome, so sweetheart. much. Listeners, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, and rock on, Atomic Moms. Mm.